When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. What is up, everyone? Welcome to Denny Geek Presents Marvel Standom Special Edition. I'm your host, Mike Cicchini, the editor-in-chief of DennyGeek.com. And you may note that this is a slightly different format this time around, as I'm not joined by my usual co-hosts and co-conspirators. And that's because I got a special exclusive interview with Zeb Wells about his work writing The Amazing Spider-Man. Now, the current volume of The Amazing Spider-Man is really great stuff. Zeb Wells is writing, and the great John Romita Jr. is on art. It's a very modern Spidey book in all the ways that count, but it also uses great Spider-Man runs of the past as its touchstones. The first major story arc focused on Tombstone, a villain whose heyday was really kind of in the 1980s. That was followed by a terrific anniversary issue, which felt like a Steve Ditko Spidey annual updated for the modern day. And now, most exciting of all, another classic 80s Spidey villain is back in the form of the Hobgoblin. But make no mistake, this isn't some nostalgia fest title. There are lots of new mysteries surrounding Peter Parker and his world that need to be worked out. And there's a big Hobgoblin reveal at the end of the latest issue that will certainly get folks talking. So beware, spoilers await if you haven't read up through Amazing Spider-Man number 12. But now, let's welcome Zeb Wells and hear what he has to say about it all. So you're writing Amazing Spider-Man. Yes. That is one of the most storied books in Marvel history. Definitely. And you're doing it with one of the most storied artists in Marvel history, in John Romita Jr. Yes. What's it like working with John? Uh, the best. The best. As a comic book fan growing up, you, you, you would pay thousands of dollars for this opportunity to work with someone like Johnny. So the fact that I get to see his art come in every week and then that he's such a delight to work with it's just beautiful it helps me tune out that it's a big that it's such a big deal and i because i need to tune that out to be able to to write or i would just freeze up for sure and john is kind of old school and of course there's his dad do you ever work marvel style with john i have worked we worked marvel style on the free comic book day story and then there are large sections of the script where i will say here, here johnny i you know to earn my paycheck i wrote a script, but if you want to get Spider-Man from point A to point B, here's the hits that need to happen and do your thing. And so he will often uh, redo things or um, tweak them. And so then I get those back and I get to re uh, rewrite to the artwork and that's super fun. And I, I love it because at the end of that process, you have something that's not all me or all him. It's like a, a mixture of both of us, which I really love. I actually uh, have a funny story about John because a few years ago he did a DC project with Frank Miller and I asked him, I'm like, oh, I'm like, are you working Marvel style? And he's like, ah, ah, ah. he's like, Lee Kirby style. Lee like, Kirby okay. style. <laughs> <laughs> so 
That's great. Yeah. So I was like, okay, fair enough. I need to know, before we get into the meat of issues 11 and 12. You just got real serious. I know. Well, like, I had to catch you off guard. <laughs> okay, here we go. Um, Peter did something. Mm-hmm. And it changed his life. Yes. And we're six months into your book now. Yep. And we still have no idea what that thing was. True. And it has set Peter off in a way, like, this is more than the usual, like, old Parker Luck kind of stuff, yeah. right? It's funny you ask. I just turned in the script for the first part where we're going to be explaining what happened. And, yeah, Peter got into an adventure where he had to do some things that rubbed other people the wrong way, and they rubbed him the wrong way, and uh, feelings got involved. <laughs> and I'm going to have a lot of fun expl you know, showing what that was. But it's put him in a place where he feels alone and he feels let down by other people, and other people feel let down by him. We want to get all flavors of Peter Parker into this run. And, and I think a good flavor of Peter Parker is on his own, the world's against me, what do I do? You know, it's a different way to do that because I think a lot of writers are always like, yeah, we're doing a back-to-basic Spider-Man story and, you know, he's got roommates and this and that and the other thing. But the the way you opened this series got him to that place in such a unique way. Yeah, it got us there instantly, which I liked because I, I thought that that was more compelling than slowly showing him get there. I wanted to, to start uh, at the end and then fill that stuff in. And, you know, um, I think some people are like, what, you know, some people are getting very desperate to know what happened. <laughs> like, yeah, like me? Yeah. yeah. So uh, I'm, I'm, I'm very excited. I, I, uh, I'm very excited for people to see how we got there. Peter just got a new suit. Are there other new suits on the horizon? Because it looks like Norman Osborn is just constantly messing around with something. Yeah, um, there are new suits on the horizon. We will see who is wearing them. Oh, okay. I, I have to say, I'm impressed with, especially as we get into issues 11 and 12, I think for the first time ever, I'm like really starting to kind of empathize with Norman. And like I'm almost rooting for this guy uh -huh. to, to be what is being presented on the page how worried should i be about that <laughs> um it's going to be a long it's going to be a long fun journey um and i think the fun for me is exploring what it means to have your sins taken away that that happened in spencer's run and we're kind of digging into what does that mean if your sins are taken away are you still the same person are you fated to become the same person again and again even if you desperately don't want to be so um, we will see. And, you know, I'm, uh, I maybe haven't even decided yet. So the first arc was about Tombstone. Mm -hmm. And now we're getting into a Hobgoblin story. So you're kind of evoking a very particular era of Spider-Man comics, right? Yeah. What does that mean to you? Because, like, these are Spider-Man comics that I kind of came up on, you know, and I feel like it's an era... You know, it's kind of like this weird in-between era of Spidey history yeah, yep. that we know there's a lot of good stuff there, but they aren't necessarily considered major touchstones yeah. until now. Yeah, and if you look at the Hobgoblin story, it went on for so long that other writers came in, other editors came in, and it's sort of a very uh, convoluted story. And this gives us an opportunity to go back there, read all that stuff, absorb it, take it in, and see if we can, uh, you know, get it all down into like a tight three-issue story. 
Oh, wow, this is just a three-issue arc. Well, huh? it's a three-issue arc, and there will be repercussions that go into the second year. Of, so it doesn't all wrap up, but um, if people uh, like the mystery of the Hobgoblin, that will be sort of played with and, and uh, shown in the three issues. Yeah, so it won't be a, a five-year five ordeal to find out who the <laughs> Hobgoblin is. You know, there is, there is, however, a generation of fans, I feel that are probably as familiar with Hobgoblin as they are with Green Goblin because of how present that character was in the animated series and there were toys. And like for somebody like me, like, yeah, Green Goblin is kind of like the standard of Spidey villains, right? But Hobgoblin's always been cooler. There's more of a mystery there. There's more, there's something even scarier about Hobgoblin. He's a little rowdier, right? Like he's a little, little less predictable. He's a little wild. We wanted to get into that as well and see, it's fun to see Norman interact with the Hobgoblin because he is, Norman was the Green Goblin and then this second one came along that was even more violent, even more uh, wild, as we said, and uh, playing those two characters off each other is fun. I think it's in issue 11, like the first full reveal of Hobgoblin is like a full page, right? Yeah. Is just awesome. Yeah. And it's and it's like legit scary. Like it's almost like a jump scare when you turn the page, yeah, right? Yeah, yeah. And even though like you know it's coming, like you know yeah. at some point you're going to get, you know, Hobgoblin like bursting in on the glider and it's just like whatever. But the way John drew that page is just wild. It's just, it's wild. Yeah. Like it's just so like, oh, there he is. Yeah, He's back yeah. now. Yeah, and uh, I had forgotten, but Johnny created that character, or he was the first one to draw that character, so he's been there from the beginning, so it's been really fun to watch him dig back into Hobgoblin territory. He can channel him very well, obviously. Yeah, and but then in issue 12, there's another big Hobgoblin (laughs) reveal, because it's both Hobgoblins. Right. At least one of them makes no sense at all, based on the story that's been unfolding so far. Yep. Does that tie into the larger Peter mystery in in any way? It it definitely ties into the the mega story we're telling. Okay, there's more surprises coming for okay. sure in, <laughs> in this in this story. That's not we're, we haven't reached the end of the twists and the surprises. Are we just introducing a new hobgoblin each issue? <laughs> yeah, that's for like for the, the next thirty issues. Yeah, yeah, yeah for the rest yeah. of your run. <laughs> yeah. Like that's that that can I get really crowded. I really like the hobgoblin. Yeah. <laughs> I know there's not much you can say beyond issue 12, Mm -hmm. but what would you kind of say is the mission statement for the next six months of your book, the next 12 issues of Amazing Spidey? Well, the next 12 issues are going to be heavily about Dark Web, which is about Ben Riley coming back and dealing with uh, Ben and Peter's history. And then the six issues after that will be dealing with um, what did Peter do? So by the end of the first year, we will have brought everyone up to speed and going into the second year uh, clean. Is uh, John Romita Jr. staying with you? For through- sure, oh. yeah. We're going to keep him around as much as humanly possible. He's, he's drawing as many issues as he can physically draw. And then, um, and then we have uh, awesome artists like Ed McGinnis coming on for... Um, for some more issues. I love an Ed McGinnis Spidey. Oh, it's so it's I so good. I love Ed McGinnis Spidey. And it's Spidey. such a different flavor than Johnny. Like I love writing for both of them because it's two different muscles that you're you're working and they're both spectacular in their own way. And you know, I got to tell you about Amazing Spidey 900. That issue felt like 
like a Ditko Lee issue uh-huh. from like from the first year or two yeah. amazing. Yeah. It really did feel like that blown up to giant proportions, you know, yes. with modern sensibilities. Their first giant size issue with the Sinister Six, Lee and Ditko, was one of the first Spider-Man comics I read. Like that was what grabbed me as a seven-year-old and didn't let go. Uh, and and getting to, being able to sit down and read that giant thick book because it was like 80 pages and you know I was a kid so I felt like I had accomplished something getting through it that when I had a chance to do a a giant sized issue with a great artist and we had enough lead time that he was going to be able to draw the entire story I think subconsciously I just had I just went back you know I had to go back and try to just do something fun for the seven-year-old me thank you so much yeah you got it that's it for this episode of Marvel Standom Special Edition. Don't worry, Alec and Kirsty will return and we'll be back to doing these live on Twitch soon enough. But in the meantime, make sure you're subscribing to us wherever you're watching or listening right now. And do check our live home at twitch.tv slash TV for our next broadcast. Hit up denegeek.com slash Marvel for all our awesome Marvel coverage as well. And we are at Marvel Standom on Twitter and Instagram. Drop us a line. Let us know your burning questions and what you want us to cover in upcoming episodes. But until then, this has been Marvel Standom on the Denny Geek Network. I'm Mike Cicchini. And remember, folks, we stand together.